We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Still the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors. This is Field of 68. After dark. Welcome to the All-American Show here on the Field of 68 After Dark. It is day four of our week of season previews. We are four days away from the start of the college basketball season. I don't know about you guys, but I cannot wait to kick this thing off. I'm done talking about this. I'm done projecting stuff. I'm done throwing my theories out there. I had enough hot takes last night that I'm going to get roasted with them for probably the rest of the college basketball season. But we're Four days away, man. I'm ready for it. Uh, I got Randolph Childress here with me. I got John Henson here with me. I got Tyler Hansborough here with me. Two guys that were All-Americans, and uh, John Henson, we, we went through the list in 2011 to 2012. He got absolutely robbed. It's unbelievable that he wasn't named an All-American in any of those two seasons. Uh, but we're going to be breaking down our Field of 68 preseason All-American teams. We're going to hear from Tyler Kolek later. We're going to hear from Ryan Kalkbrenner later. I can't wait to have a Wake Forest guy and two North Carolina guys here from Kyle Filipowski later. We got Donovan Klingon and we got the big fella, Armando Baycott, joining us here in a little bit. Before we do all that, let's talk to uh, our panel here. Tyler, what's going on, man? It's the first time I've seen you this season. Yeah, man, I'm excited to be back with you guys. College basketball right around the corner. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to get it going. John, RC, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. Hey, it's like summer break. We're back in school, man. Good to see you guys. Miss talking basketball, so uh, it's going to be a fun year. I'm ready to go, man. It's time to start. Get all this football stuff behind us, man, and get some basketball going. Yeah, I'm ready for I'm, I'm ready to for that ball to be tipped for the first time this season. We are less than four days away uh, from that happening. So uh, let's stop bearing the lead here. Let's get into it. Let's get into the preseason first team, All-Americans, as named by the field of 68 and the Almanac. Tyler Kolek, Kyle Filipowski, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Hunter Dickinson, and Zach Eady. Henson, I'm going to you first on this one. I mean, is there any name there that you are surprised to see? You know, not surprised to see any of those names. I, I do think Tyler Kolek may have reached his peak, per se, as far as a player. So I don't know if there's much more to go with him as far as being a first-team All-American. But the other four, obviously – 
dominant forces, their bigs, which I love. Um, so I, I see no complaints. Maybe you have the big fella Armando from North Carolina on that team, but I think it's going to matter about team success. If they are successful, he's probably going to be having a dominant year. So uh, I think it'll all be relative in the end. Yeah, Tyler, there's uh, there's four big guys on that preseason first team All-American team. I know you and John are loving seeing that. I love big man. I love watching them. It's, uh, you know, with this small ball in the NBA, we get a chance to see a lot of uh, college bigs. And so, uh, you know, that's a style I like. Uh, I kind of miss the old style of just kind of bang it down on the post, get a little physical. Uh, but, yeah, this year we have a lot of good bigs, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. RC, as you kind of look at this first-team All-American team, you've already seen what our second team and third team looks like. Is there any changes you would make off the bat? Is, is, this, is this fair for what you put together for a preseason first-team All-American team? Yeah, but I piggyback off John. I think Amando Baycott deserves to be on the first team. Um, I, I, I would, I, you can't make an argument. You can make an argument for anyone, but I would. I think he'll get. He'll have better numbers. I don't know if his team would, it would be as successful, but I think uh, I would, off individual play, I would probably sub Colt Burner out the first team and uh, switch those two, put Amando on first team. So I think as we've seen defensive players of the years, you know, struggle to make that all American team. (laughs) So, you know, that might be a swap. Yeah, John, nobody wants to see no defense play, man. I agree. I say, look, I I won twice. He's won twice. I didn't even sniff the all American team. So, I mean, if he makes the second or third, you know, I think that's a success for a defensive player, you know, dominant defensive player like him. I I want to talk to you guys. Go ahead, Tyler. I would sub Hunter Dickerson out and I'd put Armando in there uh, because I've watched him do head-to-head battles past couple of years. And I think Mondo kind of got the best of him of both years. And uh, I do think that Hunter uh, will play on a much more talented team at Kansas. And so his numbers statistically won't be as high as they've been in the past, even though I do like Hunter. I think he's a very good player. I think he's an underrated passer, but I just think Armando is a better player. I I do want to ask you guys about that. I think it's interesting that you brought that up because I think if there's one guy on this list that I would pick to to usurp Zach Eady as the National Player of the Year this season, I think it would be Hunter Dickinson. And and the reason I say that is I think he'll be the best player on the number one team in the country playing for a coach that loves to find a way to get the ball into big guys as much as anybody else. RC, am I crazy with that opinion? You know what? The only pushback I'm going to give you on it is I don't know if Kansas has enough shooting around him, right? And he's going to be in the starting mm-hmm. lineup with KJ Adams. So I, it, it looks like the the old Kansas two game is showing up. The high-low action is coming back into Kansas. So he'll get his touches. But if you do that, I don't see them guarding KJ on a perimeter. So maybe they'll flip-flop. Uh, Hunter can knock down perimeter shots, but you don't. He, he's doing you a favor if he's playing behind a three-point line. So uh, I think he'll get his numbers because Bill Self's the best coach in college basketball. He'll find ways. They're really good defensively. But uh, I, I have my concerns about Kansas. My, my concern is more of a hunter is on the defensive end with that team than than offensively. I think he'll get his touches and get numbers. But I, I worry about him in ball screen defense, the way their team is is built. 
Yeah, we're, we're burying the lead here. We've talked about everybody on this first team. We've mentioned Filipowski. You mentioned Kolek. We mentioned Kyle Brenner. We mentioned Hunter Dickinson. We haven't talked about the guy that's the reigning national player of the year in Zach Eady. Before we break down his game and, and, and kind of talk a little bit about uh, what he is as a player and what he's he's going to do this season, Tyler, I want to ask you this. You won the National Player of the Year Award in uh, 2008, and you came back to school for your senior season in 2008-2009. Uh, what is what's what's the level of expectation on ed here what changes after you've won that award and you come back and you're playing again in college basketball the next season well for me i felt a lot of pressure um and obviously the start of the season didn't go too smooth for me because i dealt with an injury early on that forced me to sit a couple games but when i look at zach ed and uh you know just comparing him to me totally different player I mean, there's nobody that's been as physically dominating with their size uh, in college basketball like him, kind of in a way like Shaq. Uh, but I think Zach Eady is no question the best player in college basketball and the most dominant player in college basketball. Last year when I watched him, I thought he could have been the def defensive player of the year, the most improved player of the year, and obviously he was national player of the year. That's how good he, I think Zach Eady is. When when he's when he's coming back to school, right? When you came back, you ended up winning the national title in your senior season, and you didn't have the same level of individual accolades. Was that a result of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say you prioritizing the team over yourself, but as defenses focused more on you, is that something where you're like, all right, we're going to let Ty Lawson cook here. All right, we're going to let Wayne Ellington cook here. How did that? How did that come about for you? And how can Zach Eady expand his game to be able to get past? the first round of the NCAA tournament this year? Well, he's going to have to learn to get open. Uh, he doesn't have the firepower around him that uh, my team at UNC did. And I do think that Purdue's guards have uh, drastically improved, and I think they'll be better from the outside this year. Uh, but Zach E's going to have to find uh, different ways to get angles in the post, get deep seals where he can go right up. Uh, but also I think he's going to have to improve his footwork uh, defensively, but uh, yeah, I think uh, he's going to have to find different angles and how to seal down low uh, to get the ball and go right up because the defense is there's no question that's going to be their focal point uh, anytime anybody plays Purdue is Zach Eating. Yeah, okay. who who challenges him, John? How do you stop Zach? You know, I don't think any individual challenges him. I think teams are going to pop in that tape of the upset and kind of see what went wrong for them and, you know, certain games. And But I think the guards, like Tyler said, are going to be better around him. And I think that loss um, is going to motivate everyone in the program um, just in general, just to be better. Because, I mean, if you, you know, it's still fresh in my memory. They couldn't bring the ball to the court. I think that's why they lost that game, right? Like they couldn't get him the ball, right? So um, no one's going to stop him individually. If everyone around him has improved, especially shooting wise, um, you know, unless they run up against a 16 seed that's, you know, like after you, man, I, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, RC, we got, we got to talk about the Vaulted app here because Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It is the place that you can store your own predictions forever by using the vaulted challenge feature so you can prove that you're smarter than people like Jeff Goodman. Go and download the vaulted app that's V L T E D for a free trial uh, and store your uh, store your predictions today and join the daily cash prize pools without an injury fee. Uh Randolph, 
I send a challenge your way, man. I am saying that Zach Eady is going to be the uh, the repeat national player of the year in 2023, 24, 24. I'm locking that in. I'm saying that he's going to get it done. Do you accept my challenge, sir? No, I'm going to double down with you. I, I, I think he wins it. <laughs> Um, I, the one thing I'd say is that I think this team is going to be really motivated to respond the way they lost. Uh, I, I think this year that they'll, they'll, I think the guard play will be better. I think overall this team will be better. They were embarrassed. I think they hungry. Um, uh, Zach doesn't need to, you know, to, to, he is not much better. You can be, I do think defensively, he was much better than he's been. I think he can take a step there, but you got, you big guys know in the first round of that tournament. You're playing them small ball teams, and they got that six eight six six guy that's playing on the perimeter, and he's seven five. We we knew they was in trouble when they started just switching and just putting him on guards. He had to do something he hadn't done all year, and that des- you know it, just out of a desperate situation. I think he'll be better. I think their team will be better. I think the guards will respond. Lawyer and Smith will respond. I, I I got no doubt that their team will be there. And honestly, I, I think they'll make a trip to Phoenix. To be honest, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. All right, let me ask you guys this, and Tyler and John. Tyler, we'll start with you first on this one. Um, if you look at this first team All American team, you could legitimately have five centers on it, right? And and I don't think anybody would really bat an eye if you took Tyler Kolick off that team, put Armando Baycott on there. There's an argument to be made that those are the five best players in college basketball. You might be able to throw uh, Donovan Kling in that conversation at some point. Uh, there are a lot of very very good big guys in college basketball, and that is more or less the result of NIL keeping them around and making them more valuable at the college level than they are at the NBA right now. Is this just what's going to happen with college basketball moving forward, Tyler? Is this just where we are that it's going to become a big man's game? Uh, the, the big man is being undervalued right now, especially at the NBA level. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, in, in years past, some of these big men, especially Zach Eady. I think when I played, there's no way he'd be coming back to school. I think he'd be a lottery pick. Uh, but right now, the way that the game is going small and a lot of teams value the three-point shot, I think we're going to see big men come back to college. Uh, but also, NIL does help that. Uh, you know, it always helps whenever you can get paid a lot of money uh, to play, you know, basketball, especially in college. And a lot of these guys are probably making more money at their universities than they would uh, playing professional basketball. So it's definitely an easy decision uh, versus when I played. Uh, that's that's why I would say a lot of these bigs are coming back to college. Yeah. John, is this just where we are? Is this the future of college hoops? Yeah, I think as a big man is being undervalued because it's always funny, like I mean, when you watch the NBA, right? Like, you know, the big man's undervalued until there's an Embiid or a Jokic, and now teams are scrambling to just pick up a big that can guard this guy. So it's kind of a give and take right now at the next level. They want him when they need him, but they don't necessarily utilize him as I think they should. But in college, I mean, I stayed three years, and there was no NIL. So I would 100% stay now, right? Like So that's just kind of where the game is going. I like it because it does make a better quality game. You do have household names, so it's better for the sport, for the fan. Um, you know, seeing Armando Baycott for five years is like unheard of with the stuff he's been doing. So uh, I, I love the fact that the big man is kind of surging in college. And I think it's going to stay that way until the game, which is going to naturally change. Who knows what's going to happen, obviously, with the bigs. But, uh, you know, right now, college is, is where it's at. Yeah, I, I want I want all three of you guys to weigh in on this. And, and John, since you brought it up, we'll go to you first. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you mentioned Nikola Jokic, you mentioned Joel Embiid. You see some of these teams that have great, great, great big men in the NBA that are the best players in the NBA at this point. It was is Jokic got the MVP over Joel Embiid last year, right? When mm -hmm. the small ball revolution happened, it kind of was the result of the Warriors figuring out this cheat code where it was pace and space and Clay and Steph and Draymond Green was like this uh, irreplaceable five man that you couldn't replicate, right? Now that we have big guys taking over and those Warriors teams are kind of aging out of it a little bit. Like, are we going to circle back here, guys? John, why don't you start? Tyler, why don't you go next? I think there's a potential. Uh, like I said, if you look at the MVPs the last couple of years, it's been centers, right? And, you know, that's the game is going to – but these centers are different now. Let's not get it twisted. These these boys can shoot threes. They can, they can shoot the mid-range. They can take it to the rim. They can defend on the perimeter. You know, so um, – it's definitely a different type of game um, that's starting to develop as far as the bigs being super skilled. But at the same time, there's not a lot of big guys. You got Carl Towns, you got Jokic, you got to be, you know, Bam at a bio. There's less of them than more than there is more. So uh, the game is definitely going to, is changing for that skilled big. But like I said, you're going to need a guy to guard this guy. And teams are actually being built to guard Jokic's and the Embiid's right now. So bigs are definitely making a strong, big, strong bigs that can move a little bit are, are kind of ideal. Um, which is obviously hard to find these days. But, um, you know, the big man's coming back. Um, I think slowly but surely. Got to be able to shoot that three now, though, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, the, to me, there's no question the big is coming back. Uh, the reason I say that, uh, one, uh, you know, you look at Bam Adebayo, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes in Miami. He's extremely valued. And when I look at some of these college bigs, uh, every one of them feels like they have to improve their outside jump shot to get to the next level. While that is true, uh, I would really like to see some of these guys hone in on some of the basic fundamentals, improving their, uh, you know, their deep seals, trying to, uh, you know, work on their right and left hand hook and developing post moves. Uh, to me, that's one of the more undervalued uh, tools you can have. And as basketball and as college basketball in particular values the big men, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to see teams stop hemorrhaging threes and utilize these big men in more effective ways uh, because it seems like every one of these big men on the first or second team, they feel like they have to have an outside three-point shot to make it to the next level, which they might want to develop and be capable of making a three-point uh, shot. But I don't think that is the key to getting them to the next level. Uh, but to me, there's no question that the big men will come back. We've already seen this in the NBA with Embiid, uh, Jokic. These guys are too valuable, and teams are going to want to stop losing. If you look at Houston, uh, the most analytical team in the NBA, they just believe in wide-open layups, uh, free throws, and three-point shots. I haven't seen them have a national or an NBA championship uh, recently. So uh, to me, you've got to have the big man. Randolph? It's harder to say because it's two different games. I don't think the NBA game is ever going to go away from that. They're not going to go back inside and, and and start throwing it in the post. The analytics is such such a big part of it. Not, there's no more deep seals. And, and I agree with you from a from a learning standpoint, but the game isn't played that way. And I don't know if it's, if it's going back to that. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Everything is so analytical. Um, so the space is just about space on the floor. And giving your guys lanes and I, you know some guys like you said shooting a lot of threes but that's just the way the game is played so the dominant bigs I, I there I don't know if I'd say there's more than two you know I I think it's and when I say those two I, and I had this conversation with someone before I think Embiid 
and and Joker in two different cat. I mean, in different categories than most of those other guys because they're closers. You know, they go to the line, they make their free throws. They're guys that they want the ball in their hands late in games, and a lot of the other bigs are poor free throw shoes. And I don't think I don't feel the same about those guys. Yeah, I I love that the two big guys on here are like, yeah, we got to bring the bigs back, man. It's it's a renaissance, it's a big man renaissance. <laughs> and then we get then we get the shooter on here, and he's like, nah, no, nah, look, you know what? Get out, big guys. That's the thing of the past, man. <laughs> the, the bigs now, I mean, the, the best bigs are ultra skilled. So you know, like I said, the bigs now they be a spot. They're used in spot situations, especially a team like a a, a team like a, maybe a Milwaukee Bucks or a Celtics who are competing for the championship, you're going to have to go through an Embiid or a Jokic. So, you know, I think bigs will still always be around, but unless you got a bag on you, I, I think you're not going to be one of those guys like a Jokic, a cat, a bam out of bio, uh, one of those special max players uh, in the NBA. So, so then let me ask you guys this. Where do you think Zach Eady fits at the next level? And does he fit at the next level? Is it like a specialist like Boban where you just kind of bring him in and, when you're when you're going up against those dudes, like you, you just have a big body to throw at them. Is it someone to just use six fouls and uh, and, and kind of beat up against some of these other big guys? Like, is there a spot for him, or is he just go make a whole bunch of money overseas, Tyler? No, I think there's definitely a spot for him, and you know, I I, I do understand that it's a very analytical league right now, but I do think there's one team out there that will you know give him a shot and make him in his own category. He doesn't have to be. Uh, one of these guys that shoots threes, why can't he be effective uh, around the rim, uh, low post score, and also changing the game uh, by blocking shots close to the rim and being an imp- impact player that way. And, uh, you know, I understand that the the NBA values a three-point shot, but I just think that one team might go rogue and they might look at him and be like, hey, I think we can make him do this and be really effective if we keep him around the rim to change the game offensively and defensively. And that's a, that's where I think he could fit. All right. So we talked about all the big guys here in college basketball. There is a point guard on our uh, our first season, pre-se- uh, first team preseason All-American team. That was a hard thing for me to say. First team preseason All-American team. It was Tyler Kolek, and we were able to catch up with him earlier this summer. What's going to be the biggest difference in this Marquette team from a year ago, do you think? That, that's our culture. It's, you know, next man up. Yep. We're working. Everybody who, everybody who is, you know, who is maybe behind Omax or maybe didn't get as many minutes as they wanted to, they now have that opportunity to show what they can do. And everybody always talks about, oh, you want to go into the portal and get guys, you know, we have guys waiting. Yeah. It's their turn. It's yeah. next up. So it's, it's not like, oh, we needed to, to go out and get somebody and bring them in to fill a need. No. We, we have those needs filled with the guys that are going to take the next step and yep. take that next jump. Well, I appreciate you inviting me into the home here. And uh, we'll, we'll go out and I got to check out the backyard. I got to check out the hoop. Coming out here, I remember during COVID, we were always out here. You can't find a gym. Right. Just coming out here and getting shots up. Just- Dad, I mean, all right, let's see his jump. There we go. There we go. All right, before I leave, game of horse, the three of you. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, another one. Ah. 
one in my bucket. <laughs> hey man, Goodman's got to get out. Goodman's got to get out of Boston and get some sun on those things, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Uh, that was in the summer too. That wasn't man. even. That wasn't even in the winter. That was in the middle of the summer, and uh, yeah, it was. It was not pretty. That's why he goes to Charleston for uh, eight months out of the year. Um, I do want to ask you guys this. So, out of our first team All Americans, Tyler Kolek, Filipowski, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady. Uh, who's the guy, John, that you want with the ball in your hands at the end of the game most? Like, who's the closer out of that group? Who, um, so I, I venture to say Kolek because he's a point guard, he's running the squad, but I'm going big man, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, yeah, yeah, RC, yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> ah, Filipowski. Yeah. I mean, if you saw the end of last year, he was finishing games for them, making moves at the end to kind of take them over the top. So that would be my guy if I didn't, you know, if I chose one of the big men. Since it's a big man theme show right now, I'm going to take him uh, to have the ball at the end of the game. And I think he's going to have an awesome year. We're not even really talking about him much, but he's going to have a great year. I mean, he could have been a top 15 pick this last year. Yeah. Who's who's he play for? Uh, those guys, <laughs> those guys down the road. I hope Wake Forest is beating them. I know I, I got to check the score. It's 14-14 and watch it now. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Tyler, who are you taking? Who do you, who, who do you want with the ball in the hands? I'm actually going to go Filipowski too. I'm with John on this. I think he's the most player in college basketball this year. Um, I saw him light us up in this, in the Smith center uh, last year. He can score from about anywhere on the floor. Uh, and I think he's just going to improve uh, his sophomore year. Uh, so, if I'm going to one guy for a bucket, it's going to be Filipowski because I think he can score from about anywhere. And he's a very intelligent player as well. Randolph? I, I can't argue with it. I'm going to go with either Kolek or Filipowski. Um, but if I had to say I put a, put the ball in his hand, I, I like the Filipowski at the five this year. You know, Jeff, I mean, you, Rob, you and Jeff know I was screaming this last year. I thought Duke could have played him at the five. He wasn't physically ready. I've heard he gained a ton, about 15 to 20 pounds this offseason. So putting him at the five, his ball skills, ice on him as a five man, I can't go wrong with that. But obviously with, with Tyler Collick, you can't, you know, he's he's Big East player of the year. Putting the ball in his hand, you know you're going to get the right playmate. I, I just think it's so funny that none of us mentioned the guy that was a player of the year last year and uh... – and Zach Eady. I think the evidence of that was the the NCAA tournament game that they lost, right? Well, since everybody here is hyping up Kyle Filipowski and everybody here seems to to be the biggest Duke fans on the planet, and I think everybody here is uh, saying that Kyle Filipowski is the best player in college basketball. Is that what I'm getting at here? A bunch of ACC guys hyping up Duke. We might as well go to the Kyle Filipowski interview that we have. Uh, the best news about this, guys, is that we don't get a, a full – inner thigh shot of Jeff Goodman during this interview. So let's roll that in. <laughs> All right. I, I thought you'd be gone after a year. Um, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're still in college basketball and we get another year with you. Uh, take me through that decision process because it, it, it sounded talking to people like it was pretty easy for you to, to come back. Mm -hmm. it, it really was. Once I, once I kind of made a pros and cons list, and, and got to look on, look at the reasons for either going or staying. It, it was pretty clear what, what I wanted. And, um, you know, it was kind of just what, what made me happy. And it, it was really just what, what I truly wanted in my heart. 
And I mean, just being here this past year, I learned so much as a like, individual growing on and off the court. Um, and I just, you know, had such a great time with these guys, with the coaching staff, being in this atmosphere is really a, another family to me. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, get one more year of that because I know you can't ever get it back. Very true. The best, however many years of your life, right? Yeah. Um, you didn't even get feedback. Like, you didn't even go through with me kind of the process. After the season ended, you guys get knocked out of the NCAA tournament. A couple days later, you meet with, with Coach Iyer and pretty much just tell him, hey, Coach, I'm coming back. Yeah. Was it that easy? Pretty much. Okay. He, he, he told me, you know, I, I thought I was going to have a little little harder time trying to persuade yeah. you to come back. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, it was it was kind of that that simple to me. Just because I, I realized how much more improvement I could have just with one more year, and um, just realizing the business in, in the basketball world now, especially once you get to the professional leagues, uh, it, it's serious. And I just wanted to you know have one more year of self growth and, and being in this comfortable position while I have it. So the crazy thing is. I mean, you played last year and you weren't 100%, obviously. Yeah. You know, you had double hip surgery, right? Both of them at the same time yeah. after the year. Yeah. I don't know how you were moving after that. You look <laughs> pretty good now, but. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I was struggling. <laughs> yeah, I'm that, sure. That was only four months ago, too. <laughs> who, who was waiting on you then? Who, who was helping you out? Because I assume you couldn't do much. Yeah, no, it was, it was just, you know, the. You know, some of the coaching staff, my, my girlfriend was helping me out a lot. Um, you know, just grateful for all of them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fortunately, we ended up going into another uh, interview with a whole bunch of uh, Jeff Goodman inner thigh, which is not ideal. I will say this, though. The most Duke thing I've ever seen in my entire life is the background of an interview that they set up having the number of TikTok followers and the number of Instagram followers that the guy has. Did you guys notice that? Did anybody else see that? That's the most Duke thing. Social media university right there. Brings up, brings up, brings up his girlfriend nursing her back to health. I mean, come on, man. Hey, listen, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, take Tyler Cole. 
You're done. You can't bring no Dukes up up with these two. They won't even say the name, so you know. Yeah, come on. Tyler, you got to get one shot in there, man. You guys have been saying too much nice stuff about Filipowski. You get one Duke shot in there. Let's go. I've got nothing, man. He kicked us last year. I had a front row seat to it at the Smith Center, so um, we're going to have to beat him before I start talking about my smack. (laughs) We'll get him, though. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's get to our uh, our second and third team All Americans. We'll uh, we'll start with the uh, the preseason field of sixty eight second team All Americans. Wade Taylor from Texas A and M, Max A Smith from Texas, Tyrese Proctor, another Dukey there on the uh, the second team. Armando Baycott, of course, and Donovan Klingon, and then our preseason um, third team All Americans. Uh, for the field of 68 and for the Almanac. Tyson Walker, Mich- uh, Michigan State point guard. Trey Alexander from Creighton. A lot of Creighton love here. Um, Tyler Perry from Kansas State. Justin Moore. I know Randolph Childress loves that one. And Umar Balo from Arizona. Another big guy for you guys. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to you first on this one because you said it right before we came on air. Tyrese Proctor, preseason second team All-American. I think your direct quote was, who made that decision uh, talk to me about Tyrese and and and, uh, and what you think about him. No, I like Tyrese, but, you know, I think that, uh, to me, Jeremy Roach could have a, a better year. I think R.J. Davis uh, has shown the ability to have uh, big scoring nights. Uh, I think he's going to be more consistent this year. I just feel, you know, that was pretty a lofty expectation uh, based off of last year. But I understand that he was uh, dealing with some stuff early and came on late, but – yeah, I just feel like maybe there's some other guys out there could have easily slid in for his place and it looked a little better to me. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a big year, guys, but I will tell you this. If you look at the last 10 games from last season, I brought this up last night on our Hot Take show, uh, RC, Jeremy Roach averaged 16 points and three assists during uh, Duke's 9-1 finish to last season, while Tyrese Proctor averaged 10 points and four and a half assists. Jeremy Roach is a uh, – is a guy that I don't think anyone's getting anywhere near enough attention to. I think they're all going to be equally as effective, and I think they're going to cancel each other out. You got those two guys, and then you got Jared McCain. You got Caleb Foster, and don't forget about Jalen Blakes, who's their defensive stopper when he comes into the game. Those guys are going to rotate and play. They're just going to tag team, just coming in and out of the game. So I don't know if he's going to have just the stats to kind of back up a second-team All-American. Uh, I think he'll have a, a really good year. I think he'll take a big jump this off year, but I, I don't know if he'll make it to be a second team All-American only because there's just so much guard talent on his team. And that's the, I think they're just going to counsel each other out. So I've been leading the Tyrese Proctor hype train this offseason. It sounds like everybody's telling me you need to uh, need to slow down on that. I don't. It has nothing to do with the fact that we got a Wake Forest guy to – North Carolina guys on the show, of course. So, John, I'm going to go to you on this one, man. Give me the um, one guy on that second-team All-American list that's going to be a first-team All-American when things are all said and done. And I think I know what your answer is going to be here. You said it's going to be a first-team All-American when it's yeah, all said second, and done. second-team guy that can make that uh, leap. I, I would have to go, you know, Armando, uh, you know, just you go. process of elimination. Um, I, I do love Wade Taylor, though. I mean, he averaged 16-4 and four last year. Um, I think he's if, – if Texas A&M – can be a top two or three team in the Big 12 and potentially hover around that top 10 all year. I think he's going to have the numbers. When I watched AM, he was the guy. He had the ball in his hand. He was aggressive, which is, you know, going to affect a guy like Proctor, who's a third option on a talented team. I think Hunter Dickinson, the Hunter Dickinson syndrome with Tyler brought up, you know, a lot of talent around. 
around. His stats may be deflated. But if I had to pick a guy, I'd say Baycott, and, um, you know, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Yeah, what makes Baycott so good? Like, why you know you know big guys, and you know that North Carolina system. Why is he as good as he's been over the course of what is it like seven years? He's been in college now. <laughs> Seems like it. Been in college longer than me, that's for sure. Now, um, but I would say his ability to his ability to handle contact from his freshman year to now has greatly improved. Uh, his body strength has gotten a lot better. His positioning and touch around the rim has really improved. Uh, but this year, I think, is going to be a big uh, season for uh, Armando. And the reason I, th I say that is because I think we have out more outside shooting. And I think it's going to draw the defense out. And it's going to open things up inside for Armando. And it's going to be easier for us to get the ball to Armando in the low post versus last year, where it just seemed like we just swung the ball from side to side and watch Armando just struggle or fight with three or four people. I think it's going to be much easier. Uh, but also, UNC is committed to running this year, and I think he's going to get a lot uh, a lot of easier looks compared to what he saw uh, last season. Yeah, I, I have a lot of questions I want to ask you guys about um, North Carolina, about the divorce with Caleb Love, about RC saying on Monday night that Caleb Love is going to be a first-team All-American when that. things are all said and done. We're, we're going to we're gonna talk about that. We're going to get into that in a second. But we were able to catch up with Armando, and uh, I will tell you this. He is nothing if not an entertaining interview. Let's cut that in right now. Got a lot of money in Take his pockets. Take me through the season last year. Yeah. I mean, this was like the – I mean, we all, we all had you at one or two. I think I had you at one preseason at the end. I mean, while, fairly like looking back at it, like yeah. you see the run we made. Ooh, excuse me. See the run we made, I mean, I don't blame anybody for putting us at number one. I mean, we get Pete Nance, who was a big time player in the yep. Big Ten, like, it all looked perfect. But I mean, I just think as a team, we never just like gelled all the way right, like how we should have. And I mean, I think last year was just so many distractions and just the new age of social media, like. Yeah, paying attention to that, aren't Twitter, you? Twitter, Instagram, right? TikTok, like. You open your TV up and you see Stephen A. Smith and Mad yeah, Dog talking yeah, about you. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's one of those things where a lot of guys couldn't understand. And I mean, I think that's something I've been trying to do a better job this year with the new guys coming in. Just letting you know, like, when you come to playing for UNC and yeah. in this program, like, it's a big time program. And like, you're going to be like, you got to know what's coming to you. And I mean, I think Carolina is a program. I mean, it's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, listen, again, Hubert. I remember talking to him before last season and he said it's different the expectations are different how you yeah you guys really didn't have anybody kissing your ass yeah. in fact two years ago it was everybody doubting you mm -hmm. and then you go from where everybody's kissing your ass everybody's telling you how good because of the run you had i always say starting march 5th yeah i mean march 5th flipped it for sure flipped it and then you guys were as good as maybe any team as i've seen for for a month and then, you know, again, like you get all those distractions. Yeah. And and you don't know how to handle, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, and if you look at it, that's like the first year in college basketball history, you really see those things in terms of right. Right. you're channeling like all the media attention and then you're channeling like all the different endorsements, yeah. things like that. Like it's just a, it was a huge bubble of just distractions, you know, and it's something nobody really knows how to navigate because it was, the first year you see anything like that. But I mean, I thought it was great for 
us as players just to kind of just build from that and realize what not to do, but also the coaches too, just being able to see like how to manage those things. Was one it more guy, you guys? I mean, again, yeah. a lot of us blame Hubert some, yeah. right? I mean, everybody's like, all right, what's the, the blame pie, mm-hmm. right? Who are we giving it to? Yeah. The coaches, the players, whoever. Who do you put it on last year? Us, I mean, I didn't think we did a good job of really trusting each other, like I said. It's one of those instances where somebody sets a ball screen, nobody's bumping that man, and then boom, he gets a layup. Then the next time they bump him, kick it out, then not help, help, yep. help, yep. not helping the help, but just small things like that. And I mean, I think, like I was talking about earlier, just trying to build the good habits now of like helping, setting the screen, like yep. doing all the right stuff and all the small details, because that's what really matters. Well, I will say this. Um, that uh, interview was done with a producer on site and somebody else setting up the shot, which is why we were able to keep uh, Jeff Goodman's two short shorts from uh, popping up onto the screen. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, th- this North Carolina situation here, because I do think that it's fascinating um, to to kind of look at what they're supposed to be this year and then what Caleb Love is expected to be this year. So let's start with North Carolina first, right? So you, you get all of these transfers coming in, you get all of these shooters coming in, John, how how do you go from being a team that had all of these expectations and completely failed to live up to them to heading into another season? Like, how do you, how do you regroup in that off scene? How do you deal with that? I think we lost them. can you hear me or no? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead, John. Okay, okay, cool. Because I just popped back on. Um, <laughs> I heard the end of your question. Um, so my freshman year was a terrible year for us at UNC. Um, and that actually was a, probably one of the more motivational factors I've ever had in my life to be a better player, um, to work hard. So I, I think that's going to be, you know, loom big on UNC um, and Armando. And as, you know, T. Hans said, the pace is going to pick up. There's going to be more possessions, uh, which means more points, more opportunities for him to get, you know, better looks. So, uh, you know, from an expectation standpoint, I think North Carolina is highly motivated, and I don't think Coach Davis had to do much to get those guys going. Um, so it should be a good year, man. And, you know, in the top-heavy ACC, um, you know, we need to be somewhere in the top three to kind of really make some noise. Yeah, Tyler, I'm going to ask you because I think that you would have been a, a fascinating case study for what NIL could have been if it was available to you when you were in college. How would you have been able to handle, I mean, you look at the sponsorships they had, you look at the deals that they had, you look at the obligations that they had to people outside of the program to be able to to get the money that they had coming in, right? Would you have been able to handle that when you were in college if you were Armando Baycott when you were a junior or senior? It would have been a difficult task. I'll tell you that. Uh, if you get a massive amount of money in college, uh, you're still young. You're going to spend your money, uh, I would say, in stupid ways. Uh, you're going to do stupid things. Uh, but I have <laughs> I have heard that uh, NIL played a factor in last year. Uh, but watching them play, to me, it looked like they did have chemistry issues. Their body language wasn't great at times. Uh, their effort looked like it lacked. Uh, but I can tell you right now, I've watched some practice and I've been around the team in the Smith Center. That uh, the case right now. It seems like the guys are motivated. Uh, they're working hard. And I think the, the transfers in the portal 
uh, have rejuvenated this team and provided a work ethic and uh, an energy that uh, this team desperately needed. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't know if we're placing too much of the blame on Caleb Love or NIL or just the fact that, hey, this team didn't uh, play hard and they lost a lot of games and their team chemistry, they didn't, you know, they didn't all get along. I mean, maybe it's that simple. Randolph, I, I think that it's, we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but it felt like it was a, a separation that needed to happen with Caleb Love in North Carolina. Because hearing Tyler talk about what that team looked like now in practices and then hearing from people around Arizona with what Caleb Love has looked like over there, sometimes you just need that fresh start, right? I think he takes too much of the blame. That, that, that That's a piece of that pie for everybody, everybody mm -hmm. involved in that. You, you can't tell me. That team was preseason number one team in the country. And if if it was him alone, then you remove him, and then the problem's fixed. And I'm not saying now. I'm saying that could have happened during the year. That team struggled from the beginning to the end. So I, I think there's more issues than just saying it. Just Everybody kind of blasted Caleb Love, and so much of that responsibility fell on his plate. There's too many good players, and I thought too highly of R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott to, to, to not put – lay the blame at their step because I think that highly of both of those guys. Rob, you know how high I was on R.J. Davis. I thought he was as good, good as any guard in the, in, in the league last year. So there's a there's a lot of that responsibility going on all those guys. If, if, if the NIL was a problem for you in your locker room, then there's a leadership issue, which we all knew that was a big issue from the beginning. And uh, let's hope that the guys coming in there, that's why you've heard me be so vocal about Quote Mac Ryan and his experience being a guy who I know works hard, does stuff the right way, that he comes in that locker room and, and provides the leadership that that locker room needs. But uh, I'm just not a guy. If, if he was, it can't be him alone. I, I don't believe one person. No, uh, I, I don't. I don't think that it is. I don't think that it is. But if there's, I do think that he was because he took all of the blame, John. Right? Because he was a guy that people threw under the bus, and maybe it was just because he was the guy that took the most bad shots right everyone took bad shots he took the most bad shots maybe it was because he was the guy that we all thought would take the biggest step forward and didn't ended up taking a step backwards maybe it was just because you know he he doesn't always look like he's having fun on a basketball court right like I, that's just kind of maybe what his personality is but he looks kind of sullen sometimes right so maybe he just needed to like maybe he was just the obvious target there but sometimes you just need a new like you need I feel like he more than anybody else needed that fresh start because he took the blame from everybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, and in that North Carolina system, even though there's a new coach, there is still a plan. There's a goal. There's a style of play that is preached there, right? Play hard, play smart, play together. So, you know, that year where they kind of went off and, and Caleb Love was – hitting everything and they ran to the championship was kind of fool's gold. And it's not the style of basketball that, you know, UNC wants to play. However, Coach Davis also understands that that's how they got to where they were. So I think it was also trying to find a balance of reeling it back in, but also, you know, the players having that maturity to understand that freedom that they have. And I don't think they found a uh, uh, good ground on, on that, that aspect. You know, Caleb Love was obviously taking shots. I think he was pressing RJ and Caleb were kind of going back and forth. Armando wasn't getting involved. He was injured. It was just a kind of a, a perfect storm. But I don't think it's a blame on any of the players. It just did not mesh well together. I mean, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant didn't, <laughs> didn't work. So Caleb Love, RJ Davis, and Armando definitely – 
it's okay if it doesn't work. And I don't think it's any less of them as players. Yeah, I, I was I was about to make the James Harden left the the Sixers, yeah, and, and that was a better fit for all involved. Caleb Love left North Carolina, better fit yep. for all of them. I got a hot take for you guys. You you ready for this? Here's my hot take. By the end of the season, and maybe I should have used this last night, but by the end of the season, we're gonna look up, and both R.J. Davis and Caleb Love are going to be on all American teams at some point. I don't know if it's first, second, third. I don't know if it's going to be a consensus thing, but they are going to both be very much in that all American conversation. Tyler, is that crazy? No, it's, it's possible. I, I, I'm a huge Caleb Love fan. I think he's has a potential to be uh, a big time player and he's shown that. And I think part of the problem with me is, uh, you know, a lot of Carolina fans, put too much of the blame on Caleb. We loved him when he made the hero shots, but when he, when he missed those, everyone wanted to, you know, bad mouth him or say these things. Uh, but I think Caleb Love, when he's playing confident and he has good energy, I think he's as good as any guard in the country. And uh, I'm actually pulling for him in Arizona uh, because I, I actually think he was a really hard worker and uh, got disrespected in, in a few ways and took a lot of blame that he shouldn't have. But I also, uh, on R.J. Davis, uh, I think R.J.'s going to take a leap forward. Uh, you saw him go through spurts where he had huge scoring nights. And then he would kind of, you know, not he would be a little inconsistent. But I think this year he's going to be more of a consistent scorer. And I think he's going to be one of the uh, leading, leading scorers in the country, actually. I think he's got a, a silky smooth jump shot, and I think he's going to be a, a big-time player. I think both of them are going to have great years. R.C.? Well, you know what I've said already about Caleb Love. I, 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 when we get to our third team, I, I think he's going to make an All-American team. I, I, I think that team will, when it gets to the back 12, I don't think it'll lose many games. I think they, they got some tough games out of conference. I think, you know, early on, they'll, 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 they'll I don't think they'll lose more than six or seven games all year long. I think they'll enter the tournament as a top two seed, and that's why I'm so big. And I think he'll be their leading scorer and arguably their best player. Um, and so I, I'm a big fan of, I just think I'm big on redemption. I think this kid will respond, uh, the system in Arizona, the pace that they play in, he just fits it right now. I think he made the right decision. And, uh, you know, there's some, there's some Carolina blood out there too. with Coach Steve Robinson out there. So I, I think that they're going to, they, they're going to figure out what to, the right way to play with him. And, and I think he, like I said, he's had some humble pie. I think that kid will respond. He's, he's tough. And I think you'll, he, you'll see it this year. Yeah, all right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys on the spot here, and and, and Henson, we're going to you first because you're the guy here that's been snubbed from all American teams unjustly, <laughs> unjustly <laughs> snubbed. Who do we unjustly snub from this year's all American teams? Who's the one guy that you could you think know, of that's gonna make that leap up? I'm gonna name two. I, I I like Bryce Hopkins, man. Where's he at? Right, like he you know potentially has a chance to be Big East Player of the Year, and then I'm gonna go L.J. Cryer. I think those are my two guys that. Obviously, LJ transferred and Bryce isn't getting much love, but, you know, it has to do a lot with team success. But I think LJ Crowder could potentially be, if not the best guard on a Houston team that should be in the mix in the end. So, you know, he, he was all Big 12 first team preseason, um, 40% from three last year at Baylor. So I, I, I got to go those two guys. We, we're kind of forgetting about those two high-level players that are still here and been in college a long time. Tyler, you got anyone for us? I do. I have two. And I think I'm going to steal yours. It's Jeremy Roach. Uh, I think early on he was dealing with some injuries last year. 
Uh, I think uh, the year before he showed that he is a, a capable scorer, and I think this year he's going to be uh, even better and he's going to be healthy, and I think he's going to be an impact player for Duke, and I hate to say that, uh, but I like his game. But also R.J. Davis. Uh, I think R.J. Davis could easily uh, have been on any the second or third team uh, with his capability uh, to light it up. You did steal mine. I did have Jeremy Roach written down. I also wrote down three because I knew you guys were going to be out here thieving. RC, what do you got? Give me give me a guy. I did too. They took a couple of mine already. So I'm going to go with uh, Turn Shannon and Boogie Ellis with the Illini and USC. I think they're guys that could be uh, – that, that'll, that'll be in that All-American conversation by the end of the year. That noise that you heard, Randolph, was our producer, Trevor Valise. Uh, doing jumping jacks and celebrating because he is an Illini fan, a diehard Illini fan, and uh, he has spent the last five days having to sit here and watch his his Illinois team beat up on Kansas, beat up on Bill Self coming back into uh into, what is it State Farm Arena now and not having yeah. that game count. You beat the number one team in the country and it doesn't even count. You don't even get to celebrate it. So uh, he needed that pick me up, man. I, I'm sure he appreciated it. All right, so Jeremy Roach was a guy that I had written down on my list. Caleb Love is a guy that I had written down on my list. The last one that I had written down, Aaron Estrada at Alabama. I think that you are putting a big guard that is yeah. uh, that is versatile, that can play off the bounce, that can pass it, that can shoot it into a situation where he's going to be playing in an offense that all they want to do is space it and let the guards shoot or get to the rim. And I think that Aaron Estrada, who's already been at the high major level, right? Like we see some of these, these mid-major guys transfer up and struggle a little bit, getting used to the the length, the athleticism, whatever. He's already been there. He started his career at Oregon, so he uh, he knows what it takes to be able to play um, in the power conferences, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season. I got one more for you guys, and tell me if you think this is crazy. So last year when we were talking about UConn, we spent the whole season bemoaning whether or not they had a guy that was a closer, whether they had a guy that you could give the ball to and go get you one at the end of a clock if it wasn't something that was coming out of an offense, right? Tristan Newton in the national title game had 19 points, 10 boards, and four assists. I think he kind of proved that he can be that guy. I think he proved last season that he can handle the rigors of the Big East. He averaged 11 points, four and a half boards, four and a half assists. He shot 37% from three. He gets to the foul line. He understands how to be that like big guard, physical, get in the lane, draw fouls. If UConn is going to be a top five team as everybody's projecting. I think it's going to be because Tristan Newton is a guy that averages like 16 points, five boards, five assists. And if he makes that leap as a scorer, guys, you're putting up numbers like that, like you got to be in the conversation, right? You got to be there. They got so many guys, though. Is the, my, my, the hardest thing, and mm-hmm. you guys know this, when you play on a team like that, when it's so many guys, that it, it's they're going to they're gonna steal votes from one another. And I don't know if if – he, he he's going to have to have closer to 20 and stand out when you got claimed you know when he comes back I, the offense is going to run through him right in the half court I, you know i think he's going to mm-hmm. get his fair share of touches i got a name i'm gonna throw out there from left field and you may tell me i'm crazy but i'm gonna throw it out there how about drew Pember? from from uh asheville asheville there, there you go and i say I like it. they got how they're going to destroy the big south He's going to put up monster numbers. They got a couple of high major transfers, you know, Gant from from uh, in, from uh, NC State. They got another high major guy from, I think, a mid-major from VCU. 
Josh, uh, what is it, is it Banks? I, I just like the team. I, I think that they're going to be a team. They're going to be one of those teams that you're going to mess around and get as a high seed in the first round of the tournament that you don't want to play. So you're calling it right now. You're calling it right now. UNC Asheville is going to be pulling off that upset. If you're Purdue, oh, yeah. you don't want to be UNC Asheville in the first yeah, round of the yeah, NCAA they'll, tournament. They'll, be, they'll, 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 they'll pull an upset first round. <laughs> Look, you know what? Drew Pember's got the uh, he's got the man bun now, right? So I, I think that uh, whatever 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 he's been partaking in since he got down to Asheville and grew out a man bun, it sounds like RC has gotten a little bit his hands on uh, some of that as well. I do want to circle back because you mentioned Donovan Klingon. He has been injured. He had a foot injury. He was dealing with, I believe, it was a strain and a slight stress fracture in uh, the fourth metatarsal in his foot. Uh, but he came back to practice today, and I was able to catch up with him uh, at UConn's practice facility uh, about two weeks ago. Let's start with the obvious question. The foot, you missed practice for about two weeks now, but you weren't in the boot today when I saw you play. How's the foot doing? How are you feeling? Uh, foot's feeling good. Um, you know, the rehab process has been going well. Um, you know, the pain's starting to go away, which is, you know, a good sign. Um, you know, it's just trying to – get pain-free before I start doing things and, you know, just, just trying to get back for game one. So what what was the actual injury? Yeah, I um, had a strain of muscle and slight stress fracture in my fourth my fourth toe of my right foot. And you're feeling better? Yeah, getting back there? Great. You're yeah. going to be playing first game? Yeah, that's the goal. That's, that's the plan. Goal. That's, that's the plan. plan. So you are a Connecticut kid. Um, what does it mean to you? to be able to bring UConn back to what it was when you were growing up, what it was when I imagined the first time that you kind of watched the Huskies play. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be from Connecticut and be able to, you know, wear a Connecticut Jersey every single day is a blessing to me. And, you know, just to be able to put on for, you know, the state that I grew up in and, you know, that raised me to the person I am today. And, you know, just, it just means a lot, you know, UConn culture, the UConn, you know, legacy of, you know, now we're five-time national champions. So, you know, just to be able to be a part of that and to contribute to that and, you know, leave my name and, you know, legacy and hopefully to to keep it going. So Khalid Elamin was the guy, the star, my favorite player when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Who was your, your guy? My favorite, probably Ray Allen. Ray? Guy. Yeah, loved Ray. Yeah, everybody loved Ray. Do you feel any pressure? I mean, the Adama Sanogo tournament, uh, MOP, all-American you're stepping into that like UConn is known for their big guys and you're mm-hmm. stepping into that board are you is it pressure or are you kind of excited about the opportunity I'm excited you know it's just such a big program uh you know such a big place to play and you know just to be able to you know have the role that I'm gonna have this year um you know I'm just not gonna take advantage of it I'm gonna give it everything I got every day and you know I'm just gonna try to fill fill Thomas shoes and if not try to exceed and do more than he did um you know I'm trying to put another band up on the wall and you know I was on the team last year so I kind of know what it takes to you know make it to that <laughs> yeah, make it to that level there. so you know it, it's a lot and you know I've, I saw what Adama did and you know I feel like I know what it takes so guys we're all friends here right is that what my voice actually sounds like <laughs> You mean annoying? Is that what it actually sounds like? How can you deal talking with me? You mean annoying? Yeah. God, that's awful. Is that what my voice sounds like? <laughs> oh, no, man. Come hey, on. I do have my concerns about I, We all know he's talented. Uh, you got concerns whenever a, a, a footer is having lower extremity injuries like that. There's, that's always a concern. I think they'll be extremely cautious with him, and I think that hurts him as an All-American. He'll, be, he'll end up by the end of the year, I think, being a hell of a player. 
and deserving of it, but I think he'll he'll the conditioning and what they'll have to do to get him ready to play, uh, the type of minutes they'll need him to play, uh, it'll, it'll take I think it'll take him some time. Yeah, they're they're not very happy with him too because he's one of these guys that doesn't uh he doesn't do injured very well. Like he'll just be walking around on campus without the boot on when he's supposed to have the boot on. Um he'll he, uh he spent the entire practice when I was up there um uh, riding on the bike and walking around and he was supposed to be sitting and like not doing anything. It was the first day that he got the boot off. So uh he told me when um when I was up there, uh quote, I should effing be out on the court right now. So I think he's kind of itching to get back out there. All right. Uh let's let's make our predictions, guys, for uh the actual awards at the end of the season. National player of the year, Tyler, who you got? Who's it gonna be? That's a no-brainer, Zach Eady. That's the easiest one all day. Yeah, Zach Eady. John? I can I concur. Zach Eady, I think he it's his a loose. Randolph? I, I'm gonna go with I think the easiest choice. I agree with these guys, but if I had to say a dark horse, I'm gonna go with Filipowski. I think the way that they Duke's gonna use him. Um, I, I think his ability to, to space you as a five man and put it on the floor and, and put pressure on you, you know, off the bounce as a center. Not many teams can can do that. He'll be playing more like a Giannis type of center for them this year, getting pin downs, things like that, that you just big men aren't accustomed to chasing guys. Did you off just screen compare Kyle Filipowski to Giannis? Did, did, no, no I, I, I said how that? they use him. No, no, no. I said how they use him. You He's guys heard that, up. right? Listen. However, you if, want to. If I ever hear Filipowski, if I ever hear Filipowski and Giannis for the same sentence, I'm closing no, no, my no, computer. No. <laughs> I'll say this: How many, how many down screens did you guys chase guys off of when you were playing? Man, they, maybe they use them like exactly. Kyle Sigler or something. I don't know. Playing different yeah, areas. I don't, I don't know, man. Filipowski can shoot. How, what, what's uh, what's Giannis's career three point shooter percentage? Maybe use my Ursalius over so in that way when he'll push. I think he'll be versatile. He'll push it. Just attacking you off the bounce as a center. Most none of these guys we're talking about. We're talking about <laughs> Coke Burner. We're talking about uh uh Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson. None of these guys are you worried about attacking you off the bounce at the top of the key. And that's what I'm saying separates him and he's gonna or chasing you off pin downs. Hey, John, I'm, John, I'm, I got a I'm question. A former, I got a question. I'm a former Giannis system player. Like, uh, was like Giannis bring the ball to the court. Was that? <laughs> it was Giannis bring the ball to the court. He will shoot it if he passes it. That was the system. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you guys. Do you think that UNC Asheville is going to use Drew Pember like Giannis this year? <laughs> they may use him like uh, maybe maybe they'll use him like Luka Doncic. Hey. You know. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, he won't use them like the what's that the, the two game, the two game, the Carolina old school two game. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be different just to be different. I'm gonna say that it's uh that it's Hunter Dickinson, and my argument is that you have the best uh low post seal big man coach in college basketball and 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 Bill Self. You have the best uh well, one of the best low post big men in college basketball in Hunter Dickinson, who can now step out and knock down threes who is playing for the preseason number one team in the country for the team that has won 17 of the last 20 Big 12 titles. Uh, I think he'll average 20 and 12 for Kansas, and Kansas is going to be good enough to make a Final Four that at the very least uh, will get him into the conversation. All right. Uh, Ensign, the National Defensive Player of the Year. You know a thing or two about uh, about being a great defender, getting Defensive Player of the Year awards. Who are you going with? 
I think it's, it's got to, you know, if, uh, caught Brenner initially on paper, right? I think he's the guy with everything kind of that put him in that, that conversation. He's done it two years in a row. I don't think he's going to be any worse. I think he'll be better uh, down there. I think with Kalumo going too, it's going to be a lot more pressure on him defensively as well too. So this could, uh, could be a shoe-in for Defensive Player of the Year. Randolph? Oh, I – it's hard to argue that as good as they're going to be. They're going to be winning games all year long. They're too talented not to be. They'll be a top 10 team all year if they stay healthy, if he stays healthy. Uh, stop it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Who put that up there, man? Y'all stop saying that. <laughs> I'm going to take, <laughs> take a picture of that. <laughs> you <the> next <laughs> but no, I, you know what? Um, I, I think Zach Eady gets underrated for the way he controls the paint as well. Um, I'm trying to think of some bigs that I think did really well. I, there's not enough talent for uh, Jesse Edwards, I think, was a really good defender. I know have haven't played against him, and now he's at West Virginia. You know, since what happened there, I take him off. So uh, it's hard to argue against Colt Brennan. Tyler? I'm going Colt, Bren- uh, Colt Brennan, too. Uh, he's been back-to-back, I think, Big East player or defensive player of the year. Uh yeah, that's who I'd go with. But I'm with RC on this. I think Edie doesn't get the credit he deserves for changing shots. Uh, even though he has the ability to block shots for with his size, I think anywhere around the rim, I think he changes uh, people's shots and has a big effect that way as well. And he stays uh, out of foul trouble. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Kalkbrenner too. And I was going to say my favorite stat about Kalkbrenner is uh, for the last two years, He's been the starting five for creating the back-to-back defensive player of the year in the Big East, and he's never fouled out of a game despite the fact that Creighton's defense is essentially just overplay and funnel uh, drivers as many as possible to Kalkbrenner at the rim. He's only gotten four fouls in seven games in the last two seasons, which is just baffling to me when you think about it. All right, freshman of the year, best freshman. You don't like it? I like that stat. You got to foul sometimes, man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Hard fouls underrated. Yes. <laughs> uh, that, it is not surprising to me at all that Tyler Hansbrough likes, uh, is a big fan of hard fouls. All right, the best <laughs> freshman in college basketball this season will be Randolph. I'm showing some love to my man, Stephen Castle. But it will be as hard. I, I, think, he'll, I think he'll be really good. But, again, uh, no, I'm going to go with Stephen. I, I, I'm going yeah. I'm to I'm double down on that one. I'm a big fan of that. John? Um, I'm going to go Justin Edwards just off the reports and things I've been hearing and reading about. Uh, he seems like he's going to have the ball in his hand and have enough touches to be in that mix towards the end. I know obviously we have a shoe-in guy that everybody thinks, but I, I like Justin Edwards just off the team success and volume of his, you know, shots. Tyler? Actually, this is going to be a surprise. I'm going to go Elliot Cadell. Uh, from UNC. I think he has the talent and ability uh, to be explosive. Uh, so that's who I'm going to roll with. Uh, I'm going to go with Where's Isaiah Collins. You know? picking a UNC guy. I'm going to go I'm going to I'm going to go with Isaiah Collier, but I think that the guy that, that no one is talking enough about is Jacoby Walter at uh at, at Baylor. I think by the end of the season he's going to be their 
um, their second option on the perimeter and a guy that can break you down off the dribble. I think his ability as like a long and wiry defender is going to be really important for that Baylor team moving forward. But listen, this has been the Field of 68 and the Almanacs. Uh, All-American unveiling an All-American show. And as you can see right there, John Henson is the one guy here. You know what's great? It's like everyone's talking about John Henson not making the All-American team. I'm the only guy here that uh, has never actually been an All-American. John Henson played. You, you were a burger boy, right? You played in the, the McDonald's game. Yeah, you know, and I, I was, listen, I was teammates with some All-Americans, man. Hey, their success was, hey, my success. I'm, I was riding the coattails. Yeah, that's that's a very uh when when we stop the stream you can tell us how you really feel about it so um we can <laughs> but listen this has been the field of 68 join us on monday at 11 p.m eastern time november 6th is the first day of the college basketball season it will be the first field of 68 after dark we we, we have actual basketball that counts not just exhibitions uh to talk about so for randolph children's for Tyler Hansborn for All-American Snub. John Henson, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys Monday night.